Hi and welcome to episode 59 of Talking with Painters, where Australian painters talk about their lives and art. I'm Maria Stolger and my guest today is Melinda Harper. Melinda is one of Australia's leading abstract artists. Her works, filled with geometric forms and an explosion of colour, have been fascinating art addicts for over 30 years. Whether it's hundreds of rectangles crammed onto the canvas or wavy forms filled with psychedelic stripes, your eye is going to be subject to a feast of colour and form. She's been exhibiting for over 30 years and has had over 25 solo shows. And in 2015, one of Australia's leading public art institutions, Heidi Museum of Modern Art, held a major survey of her work. Her work's also held in the National Gallery of Australia, of Victoria and the Art Gallery of New South Wales, amongst others. We talk about colour, why she paints in oils when acrylics would appear to be the obvious choice, and how, when she was at art school, her approach was not at all in fashion. I caught up with Melinda at her home near the town of Castlemaine in the beautiful goldfield regions of Victoria. As you probably know, I'm a big dog lover, so I have to mention that her beautiful schnauzer Winston also kept us company. All the works we talk about are on the website, talkingwithpainters.com. We start off this conversation talking about Melinda's early influences. I grew up in Canberra and I had an older sister who was very artistic. And I think my first, you know, introduction was probably Judy Chicago's The Dinner Party. She was a feminist, American feminist uh, artist who did this huge um, installation called The Dinner Party. And my sister had given me the book. And she wrote a book, Through the Flower. So, so she a painter? What is, what she is started she? off as a painter and a sculptor and then she did this um, work called The Dinner Party, which was China Plates of Vaginas oh, yeah. of famous women. And it was really political. My sister gave me the book and I think I would have been about 14 or 15. And that Sorry, was... did you say plates of vaginas? Yeah, China Plates, where she, you know, moulded them in ceramic and then painted them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So right. that was a big introduction when I was at high school. So like the 70s? Yeah. Late 70s or yeah. something? Yeah. Okay. And at that same, around that, you know, probably um, two or three years later, the um, National Gallery of Canberra opened. And that was huge for me because that was seeing Hans Hoffman's and um, the Jackson Pollock and the Lee Krasner, all those works, yeah, um, which was huge, a huge influence because in Canberra there was no contemporary art scene at that time. You know, there was mm. no art really. And yeah. I've read in a few places about a, a particular work of Hans Hoffman mm. that you were attracted to that really made yeah. an impression on you. Can you tell me about that? It's the it's a very famous painting. Uh, it's very th- really really thickly painted, and it has a red yellow and blue square mm-hmm. um, and most of the time it's on show in Canberra and I just never seen anything like it the paint was so thick and like it's kind of all murky and then these pure colors of the squares mm-hmm. um, yeah just I was just really 
for some, you know, I, I thought it was a really huge painting. And when I've gone back to Canberra, I've been a bit shocked that it's actually not a very big painting. But in my <laughs> mind, at 16, it, it was, was like huge. huge. So huge. did you, so you, so you were 16 and you it stopped you in your tracks, I take it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All that work um, I found just um, quite amazing. And I was always interested in abstraction. Mm. Always from mm. a very young age interested in abstraction. But I wasn't doing um, sort of hard edge abstraction until much later I was doing more lyrical, you know, merging colours and sort of more playful. Yeah, um, yeah. So you had decided in high school that you wanted to pursue art, yeah. I take it? And I asked my father if I could leave the Catholic college and go to a more progressive um, year 11 and 12 that focused on arts. Oh, yeah. And so my, my father had said yes. Oh, so right. I went there and then that was um, that year 11 and 12, I had really great art teachers um, who embraced the whole feminism movement and they were quite eccentric. So I did heaps there. Oh, and then okay. I decided, I mean, I can't believe it, but I sort of got this portfolio together so and applied to Melbourne art schools and got into Pran and I was 17 mm. so uh, you know you sort of look back and you think how did I do that <laughs> you know because it is really scary oh yeah you know and you must have been encouraged by those teachers though were you very and um my father was in the air force and so he put me you know I, I caught a Hercules down to Melbourne with all the soldiers <laughs> I don't know how I did it with these huge things on my ears because they all had their guns and I was all with army and then dropped off in Lavington and, you know, went into the VCA and went into Pratt. I don't know how I did it. With right? your portfolio. Yeah. I got into Pratt, which mm. was a very good art school at the time. So there was Robert Jacks, Leslie Dumbrell, Sally Lestrange, Victim. There was very good people there. Mm. Um, and, look, I'm just lucky that I got in. Um, I, you know, I probably wouldn't get in now with what I had. I just had, you know, 30 drawings or, you know. And yeah. was that an inspiring time for you? Yeah, very. Yeah. yeah. Great teachers mm. um, and um, great um, environment. Mm. Um, there was also TOP, which, um, which was foundation year at that time. That doesn't exist now, but Tony Clark and... Jenny Watson and John Nixon, they're all upstairs. Oh, yeah. Um, so Howard Arkley was a great teacher. So mm. there was that kind of culture. Yeah. It was a great yeah. culture. Yeah, right. Mm. But there wasn't a lot of abstract painters around then. Mm. Um, what were people doing? Mainly figurative. It was very much about that German explosion of expressionism yeah. in Dorf. And so a lot of people were doing that sort of work. Right. You know, heavily, heavy paint. Um, and angst figures. Yeah, um, yeah. So I suppose as I went on um, in, you know, second, third year, um, it was a bit of a reaction against that sort of work. So mm. it was thinner, you know, sort of more interested in sort of simple, um, more the constructivist, Malevich and mm. um, those sort of artists. When you say constructivist, is that more towards a geometric sort of Yeah, it was, you know, pure... Um, geometric art right and there was also it was um you know a lot of women artists working too like Pavova and um you know not 1910 1920 um there was just this enormous um I suppose breadth of work being that those artists made mm. so they made film they made you know 
dresses, screen printing, you know, they did a whole lot of different things. So it was pretty expansive. Mm. Yeah. And when you uh, when you left art school, I understand you went, you became part of a, a sort of a gallery of called Store 5. Yeah. Is that right? What yeah. was What was that? Well, we were living, it was Gary Wilson, Kerry Polinus. Um, we were living in a building in Chapel Street and Kerry and Gary, um, you know, broke into this small building and thought let's have a you know it was a small um room really yeah. and they said let's have an exhibition so we were sort of exhibiting in abandoned houses and oh, just right. where we could right. um oh, so, so like squatting yeah so, so we squatted and we quickly <laughs> organized, gallery squatting yeah and gary and kerry quickly organized some exhibitions oh um, and then wow. after about six months decided maybe we should you know because we were already renting from this real estate agent, maybe we should ask. So they asked yeah. and we got to, you know, rent this um, storeroom. So when you say storeroom, what do you mean? Oh, it was like, just a very small room, very beautiful, small, old building um, that was on the landing of where we lived. So we just had to walk out and there it was. And that became the space that you exhibited in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and that's why you, why did you call it Store 5? I think it was on the, on the door. Oh, yeah. wow, that yeah. sounds amazing. And it was, like, really so different now for young artists who have to pay $1,600. It was, like, $25 a week, you know. So if it was an exhibition, everybody just had to put in $5 each or something. Oh. Um, and we contacted other people that we knew that we liked, um, like Rose Nolan, Stephen Bram, who didn't go to the same art school as us, but, mm. you know, um, we were kind of interested in their work um, and everybody was up for it. Let me fast forward. We're going to jump like 30 years or so yeah. to 2015. Yeah. Because um, that was the year that Heidi Museum of Modern Art held a, a magnificent survey show of your work. It was called Colour Sensation, the Works of Melinda Harper, and it really did cement your place as a leading abstract artist in Australia. And it had, you know, 30 years of like paintings painted objects, drawings, collages, screen prints, embroideries, really a lot of different mediums. That must have been a pretty amazing experience. Yeah, it was fantastic. And Sue Kramer, who um, curated the exhibition, put me in my first exhibition, you know, 30 years prior. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, um, and just selecting the works, we were pretty much um, in agreement yeah, well, I wanted to talk about the work now itself, um, which is characterised by these geometric shapes yeah. um, and lots of stripes, circles, wavy forms. And, of course, one of the main things is colour, given yeah. it's in the yeah. title. But before we talk about colour, I want to talk about composition first because I think it's really important so that we can contextualise um, colour in that. Um, and I, I want to take you to this painting that I really like from 2003. It's called Untitled, as nearly all your paintings are called, but we'll yeah. talk about that later. Um, and it, what it is, is if you look at it, it's basically a wavy forms right across the canvas. There's like five waves across, but each, but there's like a stripe, a stripy pattern going through each of the waves and the background behind the waves has got a stripy pattern as well. And of course, this isn't, the only type of composition you do, you also have got like lots of, um, like with circles or there's many paintings that have got different shaped rectangles, like just hundreds of rectangles, uh, all different colours. 
When you're thinking about composition, what, how does that come about? Well, with some of the pictures, like the one that you're describing, the wavy picture, what, I would have done, what I've done is just get a lead pencil and draw the waves in, and that's it. Right. So then I use the masking tape as the line. So from the beginning, you're going to be using the masking tape? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I see. And because it's oil paint, you know, and this is really important because a lot of artists don't use oil paint um, anymore, but, um, of course, that everything has to dry. Yeah. So um, it's this process that um, is slow. It's very slow. So it might take me a month or six weeks to complete a painting. And in that time, that's when I'm making the decisions about colour and form because it changes. So I'm not just whipping out a painting. Right. So there's this, for me, the the slowness, and people say, why do you still use oil paint? You know, acrylic's just as good. It's about the slowness for me because that's the thinking time. Mm. So I don't do um, uh, drawings or watercolours of paintings. Like if you look at somebody like Leslie Dumbrell or Bridget Riley, they do studies for paintings. I don't do that. It's very much the process is happening while the painting is getting painted. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, so you will. So, say with the circles um, example, where you've got um, it's called it's untitled two thousand and four. Again, you'd probably come in with those circle shapes and then start doing yeah. the stripes on top of that. Yeah, and and it's because it's. You know, that particular painting is really a lot of very thin lines. Mm. You know, that may have taken two months. So I'm I'm working all over the picture. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's yeah. so interesting because yeah. I, I didn't expect it yeah. that you would go about it that way. Yeah. So I suppose that means that you're going to be reacting each step of the way. Yeah, yeah. So say with these these works where you've got lots of thin stripes... You hadn't even thought at that point how thin the stripes were going to be? or No, so I've just started. Probably the most, the only thing I've really thought, oh, yeah, I will have those three circle shapes. Mm. The background is going to be problematic because the tape's going all over the place. If oh, you look right. at that, you know that. Yes, you know. yes. So that, that becomes, you know, a bit of a challenge. Um, but often, you know, Often the paintings I'm interested in the disruption anyway within the composition is a bit disrupted. Yes. Yeah. What do you mean, like, for example, we're looking at this circle painting. When you say it's disrupted, do you mean as in, can you point out in that painting? Well, just the background really because the background doesn't follow the circles. Yes, right. Yeah. So the so stripes the in the background are not yeah. going through the circles. Yeah. No, they're di- yes. I say they're going in a different, slightly different direction yeah. and they're a different colour and they're different widths. Yeah. Oh, I see. So you mean you're, and you're, I presume you're aiming for that. Yeah, as I go along. Sometimes it's a bit, it doesn't quite work out. And I think, oh, you know, is this too, you know, like, it's a bit of a process. Mm. But I I don't paint over painting. So whenever I've painted, I go with it. And hopefully, um, because of the time factor, I can get it to work. I don't think I could do a painting in a day. If I had some acrylic paint, I don't think I could do it. Because you need the time, I to, need the time. Yeah. to think it over yeah. and keep looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Even with colour, I find the same thing. I need the time to look because as I'm painting, it will change. Mm. You know, I might think I, only, I, I don't want to use, I want to have this particular palette, but often that will change in the two months that I'm painting a picture. Oh, right. Mm. 
And when you say you don't paint over it, you mean once you've put the colour down, you're That's not going to change that colour? No, very rarely. So you've got to carefully think of it to yeah. make sure it's the right one? Yeah. And what are you thinking about when you're thinking about putting down the next colour? Well, it could just be it's pretty emotive, like what, um, what feeling I want to convey mm. in the painting. It's not necessarily to create, you know, um, an optical, like although some of these paintings do rely a little bit on optical, they're not purely optical paintings. So, mm. you know, I'm going... You mean they, they don't sort of... It's, you're not looking for like a vibration or no, anything like that necessarily? No, no. I'm just looking for like... Some parts of the painting might have a darker feel because I've put ochre or a dark red in. Um, so I'm looking at more those emotional connection of colour and what that does in a picture. Right. Yeah. Does and that make sense? Yes. So I mm. presume... So, so, yeah, so when, so when you're looking at the next colour you're going to put down, you're going to see how, how it is going to sit next to that colour and how yeah. that's going to make you feel. Yes. Basically. Yeah. And you go, well, so when you talk about the emotional side of it, they have been described as pretty positive, sort of optimistic sort of yeah. paintings. I mean, there's every colour in the rainbow yeah. in them. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're sort of bright, I suppose, is yeah. one way of saying it. Yeah. Um, is, that what, is that important to you to convey that emotion? Um, I don't think it's that obvious. That's not what I'm doing in the studio. It's more, um, yeah, it's not really associated with uh, a feeling like happiness or, you know, sadness. It's more um, the impact of colour. Mm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say... Visual, really, you mean the visual impact? Like yeah. the sort of... Do you want people to stop in their tracks and go, wow, is that what is that partly what you're and after? I want them to be after... I want, you know, ideally you want somebody to be looking at a picture for a period of time. And, you know, I... I like the fact that people, um, you know, in the world that we live in, um, you know, that you can look at a painting and keep looking and keep looking. Yeah. You know, um, well, that's what I love about painting. Um, and hopefully... Um, like that painting you saw in the National Gallery when yeah. you were 16. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's a beautiful um, Clarice Beckett at the Castlemaine Art Museum. And, you know, that's a painting that you can just keep looking at every yeah. time you go in there because you think, well, how did, you know, there's that mist and then is it white or is it not? What is it? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it's that process of looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think that does happen with your work because we'll say, for example, that, that one again we're looking at with the circles, you, you have to, you, it's not immediately clear that there is a multitude of circles, then that sort of emerges. yes. And then also another th interesting thing is that there's a couple, there's about two or three or a few more areas where you've got just very short lines, yeah. which are shorter than all the other lines. Yeah. And they, and once you, but that doesn't come out to you when you first see the painting. No, that's you, right. It, it slowly emerges that you yeah. think, oh, what's that little short line doing there? Yeah. It doesn't belong there sort of a thing. So um, is this something that you would be thinking about like towards the end of the painting, for example, yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and I think um, when I look at, you know, look back on paintings and I think, oh, you know, gee, I could have done that. I, I might just do another painting 
So when I'm painting, I might have a couple. I would always have three or four paintings. Mm. So if it gets a bit complicated and I've got another idea, I just put it into another work. So I always try and work on three or four canvases because otherwise if I'm just working on one, that can be really, it's almost too much. So I send, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what you mean, if you had an idea of that, for example, of putting in those shorter lines, uh, you don't want it to be happening in something where there's already a lot going on. Yeah, Right. So, you know, it it is um, really important that I... um, separate ideas from different paintings as well so it just doesn't all get into one painting because mm. yeah, it doesn't always work so what sort of ideas are you talking about it could just be movement in a picture it could be the color it could be um that i want a more claustrophobic kind of space um so it's all kind of formal things really do you one thing i'm really interested in is do you actually mix your colors yes so in the early paintings, the very early paintings that I did after art school, and, and I didn't. I used it was very much the tube okay. or a can of paint. Um, and it wasn't until I did um, a striped painting of many colours that I started using colour. So I was doing striped paintings that were red, two different types of red and white. And I was doing very, very three-colour paintings. Um, and then I did this stripe painting and, I, you know, that became an exhibition that I did at Gertrude Street mm-hmm. um, and it was using every colour. So it was sort of like opening the abstraction box right up mm-hmm. um, and not um, uh, being reductive but kind of doing the opposite. And why were you doing that? Because uh, I was just really interested in colour, really. Mm. And still then I was actually probably using a lot of... Um, paint straight from the tube and over time I started mixing and just mixing and mixing but I'm not um I'm not a great colour theorist a lot of people expect me to <laughs> have read every book on colour and I haven't right um, so it is very much um about being in the studio and just mixing you know and I think experience um uh of mixing and mixing and mixing mm. um that you you develop what you you know I read this great quote by um, Howard Hodgkins, you know, at, at 84, I can go into the studio and make a melancholic yellow. Well, I think that's, you know, that's what happens when you're just doing something. Um, you know, I think... You don't use it. Let's say, in other words, you don't use theories or sort of um, just, an academic approach. No. It's it's just a gut And it feeling. is about spending a lot of time painting. Yeah. And well, working. Well, actually, talking about colours, do you find that, you gravitate to certain brands for certain colours? Yeah, definitely. Do you? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think the best pink is made by Winsor & Newton. Right. You know, I think, you know, there is definitely, I've worked out what to buy for my studio practice. I use a lot of language, but um, there are certain colours I'll always buy from another. And what is it that you're looking for? Or is it just that you like that colour? Yeah, I just, you know, it's just the right pink. It doesn't give me a pastel if I add white. Mm. You know, it's the right, um, you know, I think you're pretty safe with the primaries, you know. If you, you know, buying a cadmium orange, you know, you, but it's just the, you know, I love the Winsor & Newton um, aqua green too. Mm. You know, it's just the, it's also the weight of the colour. Um, what do you mean by the weight? 
Well, you know, some colour is really heavy. You know, it's like a... Um, you mean literally? Yeah. The, oh, I see, yes. You know, so yeah, that yeah. is a big indication sometimes yeah. if you're going to get a really... the sort of colour that you want. Um, Doesn't that just mean it's got... Oh, yeah, more it's bind, a, less binder in it or yeah, something? Yeah, it doesn't. It means it's more expensive. Yeah. But um, you'll get a better colour. Right. Yeah. There are just companies that make some colours, you know, exactly what I want. Mm. Yeah. And that's through trial and error, I presume, yeah. just being practised, like trying out all yeah. different yeah. brands Yeah, over and the I years. don't like transparent paint. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like it. So I don't use you know, transparent, it's got to be always um, like a solid sort of colour. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I suppose if you add white to it, it might sort of make it a bit Yeah, soft. sometimes, but sometimes it's just a weaker colour. Mm. You know, some colours are okay like that. Like, you know, yellows are quite good to add white to, but um, some reds aren't if they're mm. transparent. They'll mm. always be a sort of tone that I don't like. Well, it affects the other colours. It might be a colour that's okay on its own, but it affects the other colours in a way that I don't you like. Mix, you mean when you mix them? No, you when mean. I put one next oh. to the next, you mm. know. So you prefer opaque? opaque yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and I sort of um, have tried to keep orange out of paintings for the last year. Why? Because it's such a dominant colour. It just dominates and it really affects every other colour. Oh, so yeah, yeah it's overpowering, mm. is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. And some yellows are like that too. Um, mm. It's just finding the what right. What sort of yellow? Uh, golden yellows. Mm. You know, that kind of yolky colour. Mm. They're quite close to orange, actually. It's mm. quite a colour that's quite close to orange. But I do think that we, we all see colour quite differently. Do you? Yeah, I do. Because, you know, sometimes I, you know, think green. Somebody will say, that's not green. And I go, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, like I do think that we do yeah. all have a different perception of colour. You know, yeah, well, I suppose when you're getting to the sort of a bluey green, yeah, or you're sort of crossing the line there, maybe that's where we, where it's a bit ambiguous, I suppose. Yeah. Between... And I don't use a lot of purple. I think purple can destroy paintings. Um, I'll use a magenta rather than a purple, and it's again, it's what purple does to the other colours. Mm. Um, so that's just experience and doing a lot of painting. Yeah, right. Mm. I've often talked to painters about that problem of not being able to, you want to see with fresh eyes. Yes. And I presume that's something you must experience mm. after working on something for a long time. Yeah. That it must be hard to see yeah, the colours objectively. Yeah, yeah. So and how do you, how do you deal well, with that? Well, I would often bring a painting into the house. Okay. You know, so I always have a studio at home outside um, because I need, I can't just go to the studio twice a week. I don't, I need to see it. Mm. Um, so often I would bring, if I'm having a lot of problems, I'd bring the painting inside the house mm. and so that when I'm walking past it, you know, I can, I get this different, you yeah. know, I can see yeah. it out of the corner of my eye or, you know, I find that really, um, really helps. Um, so I might bring a big painting in here and, you know, the kids go, oh, that's mm. annoying, but it'll be here for a week, you know. <laughs> and they'd love it. Yeah, no, no, they're going to be annoyed. They can smell it, you know. And, and that helps me, you know. That gives me that week of just looking at it. Mm. And, you know. And it's out of context as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, and I can change, you know, like sometimes I think, oh, you know, yeah, okay, the next one, that's not quite what I want. The next one, I can take that into the next painting and, you know, change it. 
So you're obviously constantly developing. You're not doing, you're, you're not repeating what you're doing. No. And I think, um, you know, sometimes uh, people, you know, assume abstraction is quite um, limiting. Um, but it's, to me, it's really expansive. Well, exactly. I mean, mm. given, especially given the range of colours you use, do you find that you want to be using every colour? Not always. Like at the moment, with, you know, I'm a bit obsessed by blues and greens. Mm. Um, you know, and I've done more painting since I've been in Castle Maine that are more reductive in their palette. Um, and I've really liked those paintings a lot. Um, Why do you think you've been doing I, that? Probably because of the landscape, I think. Really? Yeah, I oh. think, you know... Yeah, it's um, a sort of rural area. It's yeah, beautiful it's different. here. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of green, mm. you know, and a mm. lot of, um, like, autumn is just, you know, mm. you just don't have that necessarily that experience in the city. You know, mm. you're not really aware of those huge changes. Mm. And I think... Um, yeah, I think oh, so it's, you get those be- the change of season, and it's massive. You know, yeah. here when you're in the country, it's really massive. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's been really influential. And you were talking before about size, like that you've been working. You know, you've been working for a long time now on very large mm. uh, canvases. Do you find that's easier to do your work on a larger? A larger canvas? No, not necessarily. Because recently, this year, I've been working small again. Ah, yeah. And um, they've just seemed to be taking me forever. Oh. You know, and the, forever. And I thought, oh, why is this taking so long? But I think, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed working small again. Mm. Um, there's something domestic about it. Um, mm. They haven't taken less time, though. Yeah, which is a bit oh, frustrating. Okay. Mm. And are you striving for, would you say you're striving for simplicity in these works? Would, is that something you're looking for? Um, I mean, I don't quite know what I'm saying about simplicity, but I think, I think like, um, maybe that's not the right word. Maybe more like sort of beauty. Are you looking for beauty? Yeah, I think beauty is really important to my work. Is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So you want it to be a pleasing experience? Yeah. I think, yeah, all my responses are, in a sense, about beauty. Yeah. And do you mm. find it, like, you just talked about the, you know, the environment where you're living now and in, in, impacting on your colours. Um, do you find that, like, nature or landscape has got a, a, a sort of influence on what you're doing? Or? Yeah, I definitely think that. Especially moving up here in summer and this, the, the experience of that, just so dry up here and so Naples yellow, you know, just yeah. turns, you know, this colour. Yeah. And people really hate it. But I, and I hate the heat, but I love the colour. And also because I'm driving, that experience of driving is so pleasurable. So I will often drive to Miraburra to go to the shops, which isn't, you know, three quarters of an hour away, to go through the Morlet Plains, which is this flat, you know, really beautiful landscape mm. to have that, to look at it. Yeah, which um, I wouldn't have done in the city, you know. No, that's right. It so wouldn't do. Yeah, so, well, actually I read somewhere that you um, you keep a notebook and yeah. take notes of colours that yeah, you see. Yeah, because I can't remember everything. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. And take photographs now. I never used to, but I do now. 
Oh, okay. Mm. And so would you refer, so you would refer back to those photos? I might. Sometimes yeah. I don't. No, I know. It's funny, isn't it? Sometimes when you mm. make notes about something. You just have no interest. Yeah. yeah. No, sometimes I don't, but other times, you know, I might just have a quick look mm. at what was I thinking. And so, yeah, I suppose it's easier when you do a photo rather than making a note of what colour you think it, what you think it was, you know. But what, so, now here's a question. Have you got a favourite colour? Um, <laughs> do people ask you that? No, oh, I reckon blue and green at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it changes. Yeah, So it you does. go through yeah. phases. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, that must be like many artists. You know when artists go through, you know, the blue period or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. It must be that they're just attracted to that colour for that yeah. period, you know? I do love Prussian blue. I'll use that a lot too. People do think you? it's black, but it's not. Um, I do use that a lot at the moment in the last couple of years. Would you add white to it? Uh, sometimes, um, but I don't particularly like the blue that it becomes when it's got white in it. It's mm. kind of a murky. Mm. So I tend to use it... Um, you know, pretty straight. Straight from the tube. Yeah. Actually, talking about black, um, which Prussian blue is not, but yeah. uh, I wanted to talk about um, a painting that's in the collection of the Art Gallery of New South Wales yeah. that was in that show in, yeah. at Heidi, and it's from 1998. Mm. That's right, isn't it? It's amazing. That yeah, painting. it's, it's mm. amazing. It's, um, yeah. I'll put it on the website, but it's... Um, like hundreds of of, diff, of, vary, of varying shaped rectangles, multicolored, totally multicolored. But what what strikes me about it is that in some areas of it, you've 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 got black appearing, and it, it gives it a whole. I feel like that that's really important in that painting. Yeah, yeah. Because it sort of it, it sort of shades that whole sort of area at the top and at the bottom, so and then that central area is really light and sort of seems to be coming coming out. Yeah, and I think um, I did three of them, and the other two have squares defined. Um, so you know they might have a very pink square that is lost in the painting. Do you know what I mean? So defined, so how you know, some of the paintings have shapes that are come out of the painting. So that painting is the yeah. painting that was just no definition of shape. It's just, you know, full, um, these tiny little rectangles. Yes. But it is a very pink and green painting, if you really look at it. It's predominantly pink, green and white. And then the Prussian blue. It's not black, it's Prussian blue. Oh, it's Prussian yeah. blue. And that affects, if it was black, it would have a different feel to the other colours. Would it? Yeah, it'd be more, you know, um, like a stained glass, but it doesn't have that feel. And it's definitely no, Prussian right. blue. It, you're it, right, because it, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have that, that So it's really about, separation. again, that, what colour does to another colour. Yes, so I actually very rarely wear, I never use black ever. I only oh, use black to make grey. It's always Prussian blue. Right. So what, so, so what was the idea with that one? Oh, it was just to have this sublime where your eyes, you know, almost, that you don't know where you don't, you know, where to put your eyes. Since. Well, that's actually something yeah. I did want to talk to you about as yeah. well with the, a lot of your work and even the one next to it we're looking yeah. at, isn't it, from 1999, which is sort of shards of, yeah. of, of shapes like shards of glass, which is all over the canvas. Um, there's, with these works in particular, there's nowhere to rest your eye really. Yeah, yeah. So so you're, you're sort of assaulted and 
sometimes, I mean, I find you sort of have to sort of look away a bit and then have a look again because it, it's, it's so much happening. Yeah. You know. So you're not, you're not considering, you're not thinking that you do want the eye to rest at all? Not necessarily, no. And I think like the, the one that you're talking about, which is on the opposite page, is very much um, a reaction to Duchamp's staircase. Oh, And right. I, with this series of paintings, I was very much looking at Cubist paintings and Picasso right. and Braque and how the division up of shape. So there are, you know, um, I was, you know, very much just obsessed with those artists. And so that Duchamp, you know, the way that stair, you know, mm. I very much, you know, was looking at that and trying to get some feeling of oh, disjointed. I oh, I can see that ascension. in it actually. Yeah. So that's 1999. And, and actually it's very interesting. I'm just looking at this now. So it's predominantly the yellow. And it's these murky yellows and yes. the melancholic yellows. Yes. So that, you know, that's, uh, that whole series, each painting had a predominant colour. Like that one was yellow. Another one was um, red. Mm. Another one was blue. One was just pink. And so when you choose the palette, mm. um, how many colours would be on your palette, say for this one? Actually, not a lot. I mean, um, there's little flicks of green and blues and ochres in it mm. um, and pinks, but predominantly it's a, it's a lot of different shades of green and yellow. Yeah. And that would, you'd be mixing a lot of those? Yeah, all of those I'd be mixing because yellow also can be just a bit too bright. Mm. So I'm putting black into it or another oh. colour to dull it so it does become that kind of um, melancholic, mm. you know, I think. Um, when, you yeah. when you do dull a colour, would you usually use the complementary to do that? Uh, not necessarily, no. Uh, it could even just be um, a different shade of green and adding, you know, a tiny, you know, start with that tiny drop of green and then adding quite a bit of yellow and you'll get a different sort of yellow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's quite, you know... Very much done on the palette. Mm. Um, would yeah. you would you often sort of be thinking, oh, I'm going to put this colour next to that colour, so I'm going to put a bit of that colour in the new colour? Would that be often happening? Yeah, maybe, maybe, sometimes. Um, and it could be um, because I don't um, spend a lot of, I buy very cheap brushes and I throw mm. them out. Right. So I don't spend hours cleaning brushes. So often the brush will already have that colour in it. I'm not cleaning. Oh, right. I don't clean. Oh. Yeah. It's very bad. <laughs> Good on you. So it's very, um, yeah, no, I'm not spending hours cleaning. Oh, okay. So often there will already be that colour in, you know, and in I the quite brush. like that. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So there's a little bit of um, accident happening. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, now another thing I want to ask you. What do do you ever think about light when you're thinking? Yeah, about? definitely. Yeah, more oh. some paintings more than others. Like yeah. some paintings, there would be no consideration of light, but I think some of them definitely. You so know. say that one that we were talking about, the art gallery in New South <clears throat> Wales. Yeah. That 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 did. Would you have been thinking that area of light? I really yes. want that to emerge. Yeah, and it's got white in it. And see, those paintings are the first paintings I actually put white squares in. Oh, really? So the white gives this, it's not dense, that painting at all. So you weren't, you never used white before that? Not as a pure, no, not in the same way as that painting. Yeah. I do now a bit, mm. but not, you know, it was predominantly the paintings were very claustrophobic at that point, mm. you know. Um, mm. Yeah. Do you find 
that people want you to say like what it's about or where it's, you know, or give you, or for you to give an explanation of the work? Because they're untitled. They're all, un- yeah, more or less all untitled. So there's no clue in the title. Mm. Um, do, do, you th- do you find people want to have a bit more information about what you, your intentions are about it? Well, I think generally no, people don't. You know, they're quite... Um... No, I don't think so. Yeah. I wonder, I think that maybe mm. it's because it is so abstract mm. that probably people expect, don't expect you to have to give an explanation. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, no, I just don't think, yeah. I think people can see, they're quite informed. Yeah. You know? They're getting a, a, a response from yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, they don't need to, um, you know, often if they can see a shape in something, you know, they'll talk about that. But no, I think people generally don't Mm. you know yeah I think you're right if there's a shape in it like that one that we were looking at where I was saying it looked like a window yeah as soon as you see something like that you're starting to put a story in there yeah you know um whereas where the the more uh, sort of geometric ones that really don't seem to have any figurative sort of Mm. connection you you don't try and do that no, exactly. In a funny way, yeah, yeah. you know, you sort of seem to just, it, it, it's just a totally emo- emotive response. Yeah, absolutely. Which is interesting. Yeah, And look, I think also, you know, I've always been interested in the decorative arts, mm. always. Um, mm. And I don't, I think um, uh, a lot of textile and, you know, arts and crafts movement, Merlin Morris and the prayer flights all have informed my work. Mm. Um, and... I think that surprise, you know, used to surprise people. But the longer, um, you know, I've painted, it's pretty obvious to me and to others that there is this love of, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with being decorative, you know. Yes. And I think when I went to art school, there was. There was Uh, definitely something wrong with being a decorative artist. Right. You know, it was feminine. Um, It was about the pattern. My work's not about pattern at all. Uh, it's much more about disruption and and, and painting, but um, I've always been interested in the decorative, mm. and um, you know I was interested in the Pre-Raphaelite paintings because of the colour, mm. you know, um, mm. and I think that's more acceptable now. At art school, that was very, mm. you know, it was yeah. a serious, you know, no no. Do you do you have a routine when you're painting? Like, say you're going to do a day of painting. Mm. Um, I know you've got kids, uh, teenage kids, yeah. but does, what, how, what would a day look like? Um, it's pretty much only, I can really only paint for about two hours and I have a break. Yeah, yeah right. And then I have, an, you know, I just have lots of breaks. Yeah, yeah two hours straight is a pretty long time. Yeah, yeah, I just find, yeah, I need that, you know, um, breath in between. And what do you need in the studio to be able to get into that space? Not much. Yeah, so my studio is pretty bad. Um, yeah, I can pretty much work anywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not a very fussy, you know, I don't need a, you know, totally clean studio and, you know, yeah. um, I can pretty much work anywhere. Thanks, Melinda, for having me today. It's been wonderful speaking to you about your work and seeing your studio, so good luck. Oh, thank you. 
What an interesting artist. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Melinda Harper. Go to the website for links to people and places we talked about in the show, including that Hans Hoffman website, which demonstrates the push and pull theory. I'll be getting a short video of Melinda in her studio online in a week or two. It'll be on the YouTube channel and the website and Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for the ratings and beautiful reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to this episode and I hope you can join me for the next one of Talking With Painters. Do you just use a masking tape like from Bunnings or whatever? No, it's I can't got... stand that mask. <laughs> I, I, I have one shop in Preston. It's actually a car shop. Ah, oh, right. And... Um, it's a car paint shop and he just sells the best masking tape and it's very, you know, it's half the price of Bunnings. Oh, right. And it's not, it's not yeah. for cars. I don't know. He just, he just has all this supply of um, masking tape and I find it the best. <laughs>